What's going on, Bears fans? And welcome to another episode of Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel. And we're coming at you live as the Bears have picked out of the fifth round from pick number 151. And this is the point where I really need my draft analyst because I just don't know near as much about these lower round guys (laughs) as I might about, say, you know, Tevin Jenkins or Justin Fields. So, Jacob, thank you so much for coming on with me. Too bad we couldn't get Danny and EJ, but thankfully we've got Jacob, who of all the draft guys that we've got at Windy City Gridiron, Jacob is as good a choice as possible for this guy because, Jacob, you went to Missouri and Borum played at Missouri. So, Jacob, give us the lowdown. What should we expect? Yeah, so I've had the chance, you know, being down here in Columbia, uh, I've had the chance to watch Larry Borum uh, over the past couple of years. And I'm a fan of this pick. I'll be honest. I feel like the value say at defensive back was also really good. And part of me was hoping maybe they could add a cornerback or a safety or something. Cause I wasn't expecting a double dip at offensive line this early, but I'm here for it. I mean, I'm a huge component of the idea of consistently adding offensive line talent through the draft. I feel like that's uh, an area not a lot of teams or not enough teams rather really take advantage of to the best of their abilities. I think that we see, you know, the Cowboys over years past, they've consistently added offensive linemen. The Eagles consistently added offensive linemen. And this year it didn't really pay off because they had a ton of injuries uh, along those offensive lines. But in years past, they've had some of the best units in the league and they do so by consistently investing in offensive lines. So from a pure positional perspective, I like that. As a player, I do think that round five is very fair value for Larry Borum. Uh, he's a big-bodied guy. He played at a, he played primarily at tackle at Mizzou, but he has experience at left tackle, right tackle, left guard, and right guard. So he is a versatile, versatile offensive lineman who can play essentially anywhere you need him to, which I think is huge considering where their O-line is at right now. Uh, having a guy who can step in literally ev- anywhere – and probably, you know, fill in as a solid replacement option. I think that's a good investment to take, especially this late. He's a powerful guy. He's got massive hands. Uh, we're talking close to 10 and a half inches. And he's, he's around like 6'5", 322. Mean at the point of attack. That's another thing. And we, so we talked about it a lot with Tevin Jenkins. He's got like that nasty edge in him, willing to drive guys in the dirt. I think I see a lot of that in Larry Borum too. Uh, just a guy who, if he gets his hands inside of your frame, then it's going to be very tough for you to disengage because he's so strong at the point of attack and he's got massive hands to work with. He played primarily tackle. I think he kicks inside a guard at the next level. Solid athlete, maybe not elite on tape, but I do think that he has good overall coordination for how big he is. Uh, and he generally plays with uh, nice coordination as a run blocker, especially. He, Mizzou ran a lot of outside zone. And we saw with the Bears that they ran a decent amount of outside zone too, especially near the second half of the year when Bill Lazor started calling plays. Now, is that going to carry over now that Matt Nagy's calling plays again? I don't know. But regardless, I think that Larry Borm's size, raw athletic ability, some, I feel like there's still a little bit of an athletic improvement that can be done there, especially in his lower half. I think he's a bit stiff uh, in terms of getting low at the point of attack, but. I like this pick. I really do. And it's not just the Mizzou bias in me uh, having watched him develop over the past, you know, two years I've been down here, but I'm, 
I, I'm a fan of this pick. I, I like the Bears double dipping along the offensive line, trying to surround Justin Fields with as many pieces as possible to kind of, you know, keep him upright and make sure that's not an issue uh, going forward. I do too. I mean, let's be real. The Bears' last big investment in offensive line was two seventh-round picks in last year's draft. So to see Tevin Jenkins come off the board in the early second round and now Larry Borum in the fifth, I appreciate the fact that the Bears are double-dipping at offensive tackle. Now, like you talked about, and again, I'm no scout when it comes to these guys I haven't watched a lick of Borum's tape, but what I'm reading, for instance, on NFL.com is that he's a nasty, nasty player, so we're starting to pick up on what Juan Castillo's type is. He wants these run blocking Mahler types, but maybe more interesting. And I picked up a little bit of this from Jack Sobel, who works over at the man eater at Missouri is Larry Borum didn't play a snap of football until his freshman year of high school. So there's something to be said maybe for this guy's got some room to grow left in him because only an eight year football player and already a standout. I think I'm seeing first team sec. Is that the case? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I don't have Mm -hmm. the, all SEC pulled up in front of me. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I didn't start playing football until my freshman year of high school, and I was <laughs> awful. So for Larry, Borum, for Larry Borum to be able to make this big of a jump uh, starting this late, uh, that's incredibly impressive to me. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like there's room to grow. I feel like technique-wise, technique uh, he can still improve a little bit. I mentioned a little bit of stiffness in his hips. His pad level isn't all that great. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's an area in which he can improve and lateral quickness can get a little bit better in his past sets, but I like it. I really do. And I think that he's another guy kind of in the same uh, range of Jermaine Effetti, a bit of a mauler guy who can play tackle or guard, like him a bit better at guard if possible. Uh, And, you know, we, we say things about Jermaine Effetti about how he's not the best, like long-term option as a starter. If you can get that in the fifth round, that's a really good value. Oh yeah. And I mean, Jermaine Effetti, if memory serves as a first rounder originally drafted by the Seahawks. So yeah. I'm, I'm seeing the same things you are just reading his profile. It reads a lot like Jermaine Effetti. And so I'm seeing, I know there are going to be some bears fans out there. I'm already seeing some on Twitter that are seeing this as the bell tolling for Charles Leno. And you never know. I can't read into it so far that is to predict the future, but it seems to me more like Borum would be competing for that right guard guard spot given that the bears seem pretty set let's say cody whitehair definitely left guard sam mustafer is getting all the love in the world tevin jenkins likely to slot in at right tackle not only did he play there in school but that's that just makes a lot of sense so then if you've got charles leno continuing to hold down that left tackle position for a year you could have daniels who we've never seen him play right guard and borum compete for that right guard spot along with jermaine Fady and may the best man win does that make sense to you or do you see him as but a potential left tackle yeah I see Larry Borum more so as a guard at the next level I think right guard is probably the best area that I think that he'll play in in the pros uh and I, I just want to speak a little bit to the uh, the depth that this Bears offensive line now has because you're looking at those guys like Leno Whitehair Mustafer Daniels Jenkins also have Jermaine Effetti also have Larry Borum also have Alex Bars also have Elijah Wilkinson that's pro- this is probably the deepest Bears offensive line we've seen in quite some time. And obviously, we have to wait and see what they put together on the field. But on paper, this is a unit where you can maybe afford to lose a guy or something like that. 
due to injury. I mean, obviously you don't want to lose a guy due to injury, but if someone goes down, you're not saying, okay, we're screwed. Cause then you'll have like, I don't know if Jermaine Effetti is going to start or if, you know, whether Sam Mustafer is going to be the guy at center. There's a lot that remains to be seen there, but say if James Daniels goes down, you'll say, Oh, okay. We've got Jermaine Effetti, you know, by the standards of the league, that's a very good replacement option. You can say, oh, we've got Larry Borum. We can play him at right tackle or we can play him at guard. That's a pretty good value. So I- I'm really happy. And I- I- when I was talking about the offensive linemen, I didn't even mention Arlington Hambright and Lachavius Simmons, the two seventh round picks from this past year. So either of those guys could sneak onto the roster as well. It's a pretty good problem to have to not know exactly which offensive linemen are going to be making it on the roster. And if- I feel like it's something that we haven't seen much of in a while. Uh, where you have multiple guys who stand an actual chance of, you know, being on an NFL roster and saying, oh, okay, uh, we've got so many of these guys at our disposal. So, yeah, again, and I've, I've repeated it, I'm a big fan of the uh, positional focus here, adding the offensive line, building in the trenches. I'm a big fan of that for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, let's be honest, Jacob, this is the NFL. The only position that you can't plan for injury at is quarterback. And even then people will try to find the best backup they can. But if we look at the 2020 offensive line, as just an example. The bears took one injury and they immediately slotted Rashad coward into the lineup, which we will never understand why exactly he was the first man <laughs> off the bench, given that Alex bars, Sam Mustafer, et cetera, et cetera, seem to hold their own just or like perfectly fine, but let's just let bygones be bygones and say that like you're talking about, if Jermaine Effady is the sixth offensive lineman in this offensive line, where James Daniels is the sixth offensive lineman, or Larry Borum distinguishes himself, look, fifth round picks miss all the time. So this seems like the kind of choice that I look at. And while it's not as safe as say a wide receiver, because you can often get smaller guys uh, in, in those later rounds, Kendall Vildor types that play decently at defensive back, et cetera, et cetera. Borum strikes me as exactly the kind of project you'd look for and say, you know what? Maybe they find something. Maybe they don't. Just like we talked about Arlington Hambright, Lachavius Simmons. We saw Hambright once. He did not look very good. He's got a road ahead of him if he wants to continue to make the roster, let alone shine in Chicago. But I look at Borum and I think to myself, you can only get so many linemen in so many ways. The Bears know they're going to be fairly cash strapped and need a youthful infusion. And given that you had, well, based on trades, you went straight from pick 39 to pick 151. I love the fact that Pace didn't trade up here and we're not grading another trade and it seems to me like he (laughs) took the archetype of player that you would want to compete for an inside role has versatility at both those left and right guard spots has that nastiness that Juan Castillo wants so that the Bears can try to get their run game off the or off the tarmac and from there who knows Maybe we'll find something either way. I'm very excited to see him in the preseason because I do think that that really hurt the younger guys development last year that they didn't get a preseason to play with. And so between Hambright Simmons and Borum, I won't be surprised if the bears find something out of some of those guys. Final thoughts for you. Yeah. Uh, just the last thing I wanted to bring up is also from a long-term perspective. Uh, we don't know necessarily what's going to happen along this bears offensive line. They might cut Charles Leno as soon as next offseason to save money. Uh, James Daniels is entering the final year of his rookie contract and is due for an extension. So 
with those two guys alone, you don't really know exactly what's going to happen here. You might have as many as two openings along your offensive line. So hypothetically, is Larry Borum the type of guy you sit for a year and then maybe start in the, insert into the starting lineup? I don't know yet. Uh, I do like his tape. I can say that. Uh, I feel like he can start in the league with some further development. Again, like we mentioned, he's still pretty raw. But there's a lot to like there from a short-term perspective of having a versatile offensive lineman who's nasty, fits that Juan Castillo archetype, uh, and can play just about anywhere on the line. That fits, and from a long-term perspective, in case you cut Leno, in case Daniels walks, uh, then you have the security option. So, you know, this is a, a good short-term fit as well as a long-term move. So, mm-hmm. again, I'm a fan of this. I, I honestly, keeping my Mizzou bias aside, I probably would have gone defensive back here just because I love the value. And we've seen, you know, Caden Stearns, I believe it was, go off the board just to, like a pick after the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, I'm a, I am a fan of this Larry Boren pick. I think that there's potential to work with. And at the worst case, he's a solid depth option, which is never a bad thing to have. I'll tell you right now that honestly, if they'd gone defensive back, I might have found myself a little disappointed. And that may sound crazy to you, Jacob. And I would understand it if you thought that way. But I see the Bears as a team that is at least a year out from being remotely, like truly competitive for a Super Bowl. And to me, a defensive back choice, while it definitely gives you the kids some time in the pipeline, I would rather the Bears truly fix their offense around Justin Fields than work on trying to do the offense and the defense at the same time when they were one of the worst offenses in the league last year. And offenses tend to be more stable than defense. Defenses. So the fact that they took a guy like Borum and are sending the clear message going quarterback, offensive line, offensive line with their three and only three draft picks, I have no issue with their direction at the moment. One thing we'll wrap up with, because the Bears now are only probably about an hour, maybe an hour and a half away from their final three choices all in the sixth round. I am curious to hear what direction you think they're going to go in. If I had to guess, The Bears may be looking for a safety, basically a defensive back, best one that they can find on the board, whether that's a nickel guy that they like, a safety, or an outside corner, though I doubt that those guys are on the board anymore. It seems to me like they're going to be looking for the skill guys and the value guys. So again, that's where this slot shiftier wide receiver may come into play, an electric running back that maybe has other issues, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think the Bears are going to be looking for with these final three picks? Yeah, so I definitely agree with you, Robert. I think defensive back is something that they'll have to consider, uh, whether it's a safety. Again, there's still a handful of guys I really like on the board here. Uh, whether they'll fall to round six, I don't know. But regardless, you've got some talent there. Some guys in the nickel that I also like uh, still available. I, I haven't been able to uh, follow up on exactly who's been picked since the Bears took Borum, but I'm looking forward to seeing who's still on the board after that. Uh, I can see a receiver, primarily a slot guy. Uh, but I wouldn't at all be shocked if they went for a bit more of a boundary weapon to kind of compete for Javon Wim's roster spot and serve as the type of guy where, oh, sometimes we'll put Allen Robinson in the slot. Sometimes we'll put Darnell Mooney in the slot. Uh, here's a guy that we can, you know, rotate into the system and, you know, big bodied, physical, uh, height, weight, speed kind of guy. That's what I'm looking for this late, either a height, weight, speed type of dude or a slot weapon who's explosive like that. So those are, those are, probably the two biggest positions, maybe a D lineman, but receiver and DB, I think are the two biggest needs on the roster uh, as it stands right now. 
Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what Pace does both this year and next year. And yes, I am a little incredulous that I already brought up next year, but it seems like this roster reconstruction will take <laughs> a little bit, but it obviously got massively accelerated by a quarterback like Justin Fields. Enough about that. We can close up this show and get ready for the Bears next pick, which honest to goodness, I can't remember when it is. And every time I go to check, I just remember that Ryan Pace is due to trade up at any moment. Jacob, Thanks so much for jumping on. Hopefully I'll have you later or later this afternoon as we talk about the next, hopefully three picks. And until then, everybody for listening, thanks so much. Check out Jacob's Twitter threads and articles on Windy City Gridiron covering Larry Borum. I know I'm going to need them. And until next time, bear down and thanks so much for bearing with us. <laughs> <laughs>